Hey, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Panic Attacking, the podcast where we look at anxiety through a comedy lens. I'm Stephen Rogers. I'm Andrew Chavone. This is a, uh, a fun episode for you guys, uh, hopefully, <laughs> where we have a wonderful guest who was on this past live uh, panic attacking Zoom that uh, hasn't happened yet for us, but has happened for you because that's how time works. <laughs> <laughs> but Mike Kaplan, hilarious comic. Uh, I will stress this now. I have tons of issues with my sound throughout this episode, uh, and it gives me tons of anxiety. But our guest sort of helped us through it the whole time. Yeah, and your sound issues didn't really affect the show other than you not being able to talk. So we still got a good show with... <laughs> Yes. <laughs> at the beginning it's mostly me and mike <laughs> who, which is funny because you're the one that knows mike and booked him so, yeah so you're like we started the episode and immediately your mic stops working and it's just me and, and the man that i've only seen perform it's it's like uh two people i really wanted to talk to at the same time got on the subway and my metro car didn't work <laughs> and i just watched it drive away and i had to get on the next train and try to catch up with you yeah uh yeah that, that i mean i don't know if a train can catch up to another train i'm oh boy yeah good point <laughs> <laughs> i mean that that's a, a good analogy for the podcast because you I don't think you ever caught up. To I, I, I got one joke in and it was the last thing we said. <laughs> it was like a sketch uh, where the person is trying to, to get ready the whole time and then yeah. finally gets ready and, and then the night's over. I will say for the listeners, wonderful episode. Lots of gems are dropped in, in this from Dr. Deb and Mike. And it was really fun to listen to. Totally great up. So excited for you to hear it. Uh, yeah, we had, yeah, like you hinted at, we had Dr. Deb return. So this is our first time we had Dr. Deb, the the resident therapist of panic attacking and a guest. Yeah. And I will say, because you and I are not assertive, we talked the least. <laughs> yeah, it <laughs> so was uh, on that. We, we tried. Yeah. I mean, we got some, some jokes in. Yeah, we'll, we'll work on it, but we want to keep evolving the show. Uh, quick plugs for uh mike kaplan has a killer new album out called aka and you can find him on uh social media it's myk is how he spells mike it's uh i believe it's at mike kaplan comedy or at mike comedy i don't have any technology in front of me because oh boy do you have to cut this cut that part out and i'll reintroduce his plugs okay go ahead I can't cut it out now. It's live. I know. I, I'm I'm well aware. I'm talking oh. about. <laughs> Thought you were okay. waiting for me. <laughs> uh, quick plugs for Mike. Uh, Mike released a album called AKA, which is hilarious. We reference it during the episode. And if you want to follow him on social media, it's at Mike Kaplan. M Y K K A P L A N. That's great. M Y Q. Oh boy. I don't know how to spell. Oh no. M Y Q K A P L A N. I was looking at the letter <laughs> and said the wrong letter. <laughs> All right. You want to just do it again for the people? No, I think we're fine. We got okay. enough in there. They, they know that we're flustered. <laughs> I oh, literally God. told them my mic didn't work. Mike Kaplan. <laughs> <laughs> well, 
yeah, this, uh, this is, yeah, this episode is a little bit different than, uh, you're used to. So if you want the usual us two talking about what made us anxious, please subscribe to the Patreon new episode every Monday and, or once a week. I, I think we're, we're kind of off schedule now. Yeah. Whenever we are able to release them. <laughs> yeah. So we were unable to do it this week, but to tie people over, we released the pilot episode of a the podcast before this one that we yeah. <laughs> it was called uh, "What's the Deal," and me and Stephen explain the history of things. And oh, the, the the episode we released is the history of dance. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy, I'm so all right. Anyways, yes, check out the Patreon. Check out why we picked this idea instead of that that idea. Yeah, you'll figure out real quick. Oh, this was way better. Oh, man. Than Stephen and Andrew reading Wikipedia. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for uh, all your support. Please enjoy this episode and stay tuned for the music. Stay tuned. My heart starts beating really fast. Sweating and trembling. Oh, me too. Am I gonna, am I gonna die? Yeah. Hey everybody, welcome to another episode of Panic Attacking, the podcast where we look at anxiety through a comedy lens. I'm Andrew Chavone. And I'm Steven Rogers working on fixing my microphone. And we have a very special guest today. Uh, he has been everywhere. He's a great comedian. Give it up for Mike Kaplan. Welcome to the show, Mike. Thank you so much for having me. My microphone works, <laughs> and uh, I'm glad to have been everywhere because right now I'm in one place. Yeah, so are we. <laughs> yeah, the mic working is is quite the achievement, I got to say. <laughs> Uh, and we have our resident therapist back again. Um, we, Dr. Deb, say hello. Hello. I'm happy to be back again. Dr. Deb, we got some reports that your credentials change every time we ask you. Is that for real? No, they haven't really changed. I might just add information. <laughs> <laughs> so go, go over your uh, credentials oh, one more okay. time. <laughs> It's a bit confusing uh, for people that don't know, but I am a registered nurse, and then I have an advanced practice degree to do psychiatric uh, care, and then I got my PhD in research. And how long have you been a therapist? Uh, since uh, 1990. All right. I can't do that math. So, yeah. 30. So, those of you that 30. can't do the, yeah, those of you that can't do the math, it syncs with what I said before, 30 years, yeah. Great. That's okay. Right. Yeah. All right. That all ends up. <laughs> so Mike, the, the premise of the show is we, we talk about what made us anxious this week. Usually Stephen and I go first. Um, but let's, uh, what's your history with anxiety, Mike, first of all? Uh, I mean, I've got a good one this week. I feel like historically I, I am not, uh, clinically anxious i i know i know a lot of i know a lot of comedians but uh yeah <laughs> uh and and human beings i honestly i don't know if there is a greater uh incidence of anxiety in comedians or if comedians are the people who are more likely to be uh self-reflecting and mm -hmm. talking about like there's gonna be a lot of anxious people who we don't hear talking into a microphone but uh 
this, I mean, honestly, the past months, like during the pandemic, uh, I like, it seems reasonable, like the same way that I guess depression and grief are different. And like, specifically, I understand that if you're, if you're experiencing the same symptoms of, right. you know, the kind of thing that you might have if you're clinically depressed, or if you are uh, grieving, like if you're grieving, they're like, well, let's wait until like the grieving time is over before you wouldn't diagnose a grieving person with clinical depression based on only that. So similarly, right now, I understand that the way I'm answering this question might seem both like uh, a demonstration. I'm like, I'm not clinically anxious, but also I'm not done answering your question yet. But yesterday, uh, I did leave, I've been, I haven't left, hardly left my neighborhood in Brooklyn uh, for the past, you know, since March. Yeah, uh, same with all of us. Yesterday, for the first time, I drove, I have a car, I drove my car to New Jersey to sit. Uh, you know, normally, my parents both live in New Jersey, different places. So I saw each of them in an outdoor, safely spaced scenario for the first time since uh, much earlier in the year. And it was nice to see them, though it's weird to talk about it as, like I used to like, have lunch with my mom and now I'm like, I ate near my mom, you know? So- yeah. it's uh, a different experience when you get to look at them. Yeah, I mean, we've been talking on the phone so much lately, more than, more than in the before times. And so, but not, not seeing each other. And, uh, and so, but that still was like, nerve-wracking to like to go into a new situation which hasn't been I'm like I used to go to new places I mean I've gotten I, got, I used to, I used to travel all the time for comedy go to a town I've never been to go to a right. town I go to once a year like everything everything being different is something that I have experienced and now uh that this is like the new the new the new thing is that everything isn't different so then when something's different I'm like this is weird yeah I know it, it, it it's it's a lot to deal with everything that you've gotten not used to the, the I'm sure there was, it was stressful to drive there, right? Did you drive or take the public transport? I did drive, which I mean, I'm, I feel better about having, you know, like nobody else has been in my car other than me and my girlfriend. So different than like, I mean, I, I know that the subways have been like, I guess, closed at night. So they've been cleaning them more and they might. Yeah, but be... how is that going to help? If, if somebody's on the train coughing and sneezing in your face, you're like, oh, oh thank yeah. God they cleaned yesterday. I mean, <laughs> for sure. I, uh, I haven't taken the subway since before March. Uh, but yeah, I, so I drove, I drove my own car. It does feel like, you know, you're in like a safe little pod where you're like, mm -hmm. here we are. Like, I think I have the air circulating just within the car, not even taking in the air from outside the car. I know. I still wear my mask in the car too. Ah, I don't know if, if, some, if some residual. Conversation. <laughs> okay, no, we, okay, we, the prodigal son returns. But you're going to get the clicking. <laughs> Steven, just put in your headphones. To I talk have with... no headphones. This is what you get. Uh, I apologize. Just try not to move at all. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> stay perfectly still. At all. Is this working? Can you, can you turn up your mic too, Steven? I can barely make you right, out. Don't move, but turn it up. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Use one hand, don't move yeah. the other. All right. Since is this working? Moving, it has been, yeah, we hear you. And, okay, great. And it's not crackling. All right, perfect. I have been listening and now I had to announce I'm here because Andrew has suddenly looked at my screen a million times since we started. Yeah, every time I look down because you're in the bottom <laughs> left of my screen, it's just a sad person staring at me. <laughs> it looked like you were in timeout. I've been. <laughs> we ever have it where you're looking forward to a conversation all day and then 
all of a sudden your voice box doesn't work. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, you're you're like Neo in the Matrix when when they they take away his mouth. Yeah, exactly. That's how I felt. All right, I'm here. I, I apologize for interrupting, but I, I am officially here. <laughs> you, I, I think you really you could have waited for a pause. I I was so excited that it worked, and I that I <laughs> I thwarted all social norms. That I apologize. I'm happy that you're here. <laughs> I'm so sorry. <laughs> I'm, anxiety is just skyrocketing. I apologize. Oh my god! Welcome. Oh, do you, do you have anything th- to say about Mike's story so far? So where does your mom live? Uh, about an hour outside the city in uh, northern Jersey. Oh, my. So, okay. So you took the train to Jersey. No, he took car. the car. Yeah. Ha- oh, the car. I see. I guess. I'm All right. I hate You've myself. You've been here the whole time. <laughs> the, the, the train you heard was uh, the, the sound of a explosion in your head from oh, stress i did also like i you were right to pick up that i did mention we did talk about the subway yes uh, in the context <laughs> of it being concerning so uh oh, yeah God. i i drove my car uh and then parked it uh, parked it in a park uh in the park parking lot and uh <laughs> steven's like that grandfather that kind of wants to be in the conversation huh trains Oh yeah, <laughs> absolutely. But uh, this is the, yeah, the car. That no. oh, move. We didn't hear anything you just said. Stop Pray. moving! Your 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 one hand. I see you moving it. Oh, okay. We can't hear you now, Stephen. All right, you continue. Oh, cool. We heard you now. All right. What were you saying? Why don't you two talk? We'll eventually join in. Mike, I I apologize. We've been doing this show uh, a year and a half. This has never happened before. And of course, it happens when we have a guest. We have a guest like every two months. (laughs) It's been smooth sailing when it's just me, him, and the therapist. But I'm sorry. uh, Nick Vatterot, a very funny comedian. Yeah, he's great. uh, I think he used to have a, a monthly show that was called last week was packed <laughs> so that's what this is that's what's happening here like i this the only experience that i've ever had with you is being a guest on your show and right. i completely believe that whenever i'm not a guest and when there aren't guests, like, <laughs> this doesn't happen i trust you i care about you like it's i'm i'm also like if this were my podcast, I understand. I can empathize with, I'd be like, oh my God, I feel so, like, even if my guest was like, it's totally fine, just like I'm being like, because also not, this isn't a reflection on me at all. So don't be worried about me. I mean, if you're going to be worried about anyone, I don't want you to worry about anything or anyone because we're all doing our best, but worry about yourselves, which is maybe what you're doing, but certainly I'm here and I want to offer you uh, that it, that none of this matters. Oh, thank you, Mike. Thank We need to hear that. Um, uh, the anxiety just notched down a couple notches. I mean, uh, I'm still at 11, but I, <laughs> I, I will. All right. Please I, just talk and I will join in in some point. That sounds good. Yeah. Okay, Mike, uh, I'm sorry. So you, you met your parents in Jersey. Oh, for yeah. Lunch. Just, uh, and here's an additional factor is when I, when I parked to see my mom, 
uh, my car that I just I just got a this is a 2016 Corolla that I got oh my gosh. In, in August of 2019. I I had a I had a previous like 2009 Corolla that had like over 200,000 miles on it. I was like, I'm a comedian. I need to be able to drive places back when that was what you needed to be to be a comedian. But yeah, uh, it was so a I, different time. Yeah, traded in the car, got a 2016. So I just have it less than a year, and I've only been regularly driving it like from from September through March. And I've been you know I've driven it to IKEA twice to get some home things in the past. But this is like the first long trip that I've taken. And I got there and then a light pops on that says key battery low. And it's one of these things where you're like, you know, the key doesn't plug into the car. You just have the key and then hit a button and the button starts the car. And so the the key has a battery in it, uh, (laughs) which I did learn that even if the battery's dead, you can still start your car. Uh, like you're never stranded, but That's good. I, didn't, I didn't have all the information. I was just like, oh God. And now my- and I, Yeah, and I'm sure it doesn't take double A's. No, that's correct. Uh, but I did call, it's funny because I bought the car in New Jersey near where my mom lives. So if it was going to, it, during, if there was going to be a time during the pandemic that part of my car's machinery stopped working the way that it was supposed to, it was actually great that it was the first day, the only day that I had gone anywhere near that place. Probably I could have done it somewhere else, but I was like right near. Uh, the, so I called up and I was like, I wow. also don't want to have other people go into my car. But they were right. like, it's just like a five minute, five, like I think it's like a one minute, $5 battery swap. And so I, oh. did, I did also go into a, a car, the, the parts and services department uh, where I got my car briefly. Uh, but that, so that was an additional nerve wracking thing. Like already, uh, like what was going to happen? Like my mom was excited for it to be like a meal where we get together, but knowing that it couldn't be, she was like, do you want me to get food from somewhere? And I'm like, I actually don't, I like, we haven't been, I think we've only gotten food from a restaurant. Like, uh, my girlfriend and I like twice in the last six months. And we're like, you, we'd rather cook even, for ourselves. Even delivery. You haven't gotten delivery. Correct. We have oh. legitimately eaten only two meals that we didn't, uh, you know, we've like bought, bought things at the, the co-op or grocery places or whatever, but uh, we have uh, cooked so much more or prepared like frozen things at home, but only two, two food items from outside the house. Uh, wow. And so I was like, that's what we're more comfortable with. We're more comfortable, you know, being the only people who uh, have touched the food, uh, if that's possible. <laughs> oh, so it's for germ reasons. Uh, I mean, it's for like, you know, pandemic, uh, like <laughs> the idea that I understand, I want people to support local businesses. I want people <laughs> to do whatever is within their comfort zone. But even like my mom was like, she's been going to restaurants. She's like, they have like, you sit in the parking lot under a tent and the tables are all very far apart. And I'm like, even so, like, I, and I, I trust that the places are, don't want anybody getting sick. So right. if they're probably, hopefully, but also, who know? I know that not everyone feels and thinks the exact same way, but the hope is that, you know, everybody in the kitchen, uh, you know, they're, they're all wearing gloves when they're supposed to be. They're not sneezing into the food. They aren't coming to work if they are not feeling well. But, you know, everything that you do does increase the possibility that, like, the statistical likelihood, like, if you sit and go, don't go anywhere and don't eat food that a lot of people weren't involved in the making. It seems to me right. that it's likelier that you'll be safer. And my girlfriend has uh, 
asthma. And so in particular, her oh. lungs are delicate and precious to both of us. So we are, I'm, I'm more willing to err on the side of, uh, you know, like who, if in a year, if in a year we're like, oh, I guess not, all these other things wouldn't have been that risky. Like we, I could have done more shows. I could have eaten at different restaurants more. But like, since we don't know, I'm like, so that was the thing. My mom was like, I'll get stuff from the uh, nearby, from this restaurant. I was like, uh, and she's like, I'll make stuff for us at home. And I was like, uh, she's like, for, <laughs> I, I was like, I, I said, we're just, we're seeing each other. It doesn't have to be about a meal or food. And she's like, that's, that's true. not what Jews do. And I was like, okay. <laughs> and so she's like, maybe if you want to bring your own food. And I was like, that sounds fine. So I brought, I brought my food, she brought her food and we sat near each other and ate our foods. But you know, that, the whole thing was like uh, a, so the, the same way again, like I'm not clinically anxious, but I feel like the, the external environment has made it so that my reaction uh, certainly has things in common with anxiety <laughs> these days. Wow. That's, uh, that's amazing. I, I like it how you both brought your food. Like it's kind of like a compromise, like standoff swap kind of thing. And she also like normally like I it's such a uh, it's such a yin yang of a like of a, a a Murphy's law kind of experience where you know normally when we eat like I would get together with my mom like once a month let's say you know to eat a meal at a restaurant in the past and we would often like get a bunch of things and share them like that's like you know the classic uh, yeah. like what wonderful reason to have have a meal with someone if you have similar tastes you we can try so many things and share of each other's things she'd be like you get this i get this and so even at this day even with these parameters uh like here's like i remember when we first started talking about like i guess we're not gonna be able to see each other for a while you know like months ago uh, but it's good. It's obviously important for our health. You know, it's to, to protect ourselves, to protect each other, to protect everyone as best we can. She's like, I'm so conflicted because like food is so important to her, to us, to me, to our family, to our culture, to Jews, to, you know, humans who want to stay alive. But, yes. And so she's like, that's why we get together for food to celebrate being alive through the thing that keeps us alive. But now we can't get together for those things because to get together would be to risk the very lives that the thing <laughs> celebrates. And, and so now, even with all the of this- The very pants you were planning on returning. <laughs> yesterday, uh, my, I'm eating a lentil spinach wrap that I got from the Park Slope Food Co-op that I had taken out of their wrapping paper, washed my hands, put into my own, you know, more safe and secure container. <laughs> oh, that's it. a good idea. I got to try that. Oh, yeah. Like, instead, we don't, like, wipe down everything when we get it home, but we do sometimes, like, we get granola, and uh, instead of leaving it in the bag, pour it into a container that is our container. And so, uh, and then don't have to worry about every time I touch the granola, like, was there a rogue germ from, uh, and, oh, yeah, uh, Rini, my girlfriend, who I live with, uh, whose system this, is, she is the mastermind behind the system, uh, just reminded me, she is hearing me uh, from <laughs> off camera, uh, that we also do that with, uh, with uh, almond milk. We have these mm. like old fashioned looking now milk jugs in our, uh, <laughs> in our fridge. It's like, oh, like it's, it is, you know, for a purpose, practical, functional, extra fun as well. Uh, but it is mom, more work, but it does feel weird whenever I wash an almond milk jug. You know? Oh, sure. And you save yourself from 
having to do, having to run the the jug under the sink unless you wash your jugs which i i, I don't know if you wash them after every i wash the outside i'm sure you wash the inside oh yeah i, I mean now now when i wash dishes i do wash like every every side of all of the things for sure yeah um and just to conclude this portion, uh, the reason that I brought up the the wrap that I had brought for myself, my mom was like, ooh, what's that? Like, can I have some? And I was like, <laughs> I mean, the whole purpose of this, she was like, no, like, can you break me off a piece? Like, she was less concerned with, like, receive, getting something from me than I was potentially about, you know, bringing something uh, home. Uh, and, you know, she's her her comfort levels are slightly different than mine, which is fine. Like she's being careful, but she is going to more restaurants than I am. So she's like, this is basically like, you're a restaurant. Can I have something from your restaurant? And so yeah, the, the mic special. Break, yeah, I broke <laughs> off a tiny piece of my lentil spinach wrap and I put it in this plastic bag and, you know, uh, you know, Airlocked like a, it over to her. Yeah, like, wow. a, like, a, like in the bank, you know, just put it in the old <laughs> shoot it over, uh, you know, like a, like a drug deal. Like, you know, I put down the suitcase, you put down like a hostage negotiation. Like we all let go at the same time, you know? Uh, and so, but then later she was, she, I was talking to her on the phone after, and she was like, I was a little anxious doing that. Maybe I won't do that next time. I'm like, yeah, maybe you won't. I mean, wow. it's, it's it's fine. I'm I love my mother, and I'm happy to uh, whatever she, uh, you know. I'm I'm gonna tell her what my comfort level is, and I and she gets to decide what her comfort level is, and uh, and that the the end. Wow, bravo, bravo, that was great. Wow, I like it how your mom her her outdoor dining that she chooses to do is in parking garages. <laughs> is that even worth going out? Oh, the scenery. It's in parking lots mostly. Oh, lots. Okay. Yes. Like in New Jersey, you know, like she'll go to the diner nearby and the diner, you don't go in the diner. You just mm. like, they've turned half of their parking lot or some chunk of their parking lot into the outdoor dining area. Wow. Yeah. Oh, they do that in Queens too. I know you're from Brooklyn, but yeah, it's uh, you're eating next to literally the trash from the previous day. But it's still like, oh, I'm out. Uh, you know, it, it feels good to not look at, look at the same dish that I've been eating out of for five months. Yeah, but, so what if my booth is made of part dumpster? <laughs> <laughs> That's what it is. You're the, the booths are made out of the pallets that they, they <laughs> shipped all this stuff in. It, it, it looks like the barricade from Les Mis that we're eating inside of. Uh, I don't know if you've seen the movie. Ah. But uh, I accept I like I like everything that you that you're putting down. I mean, I also, <laughs> you know, I feel like in this situation, we're 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 comedians here. Right. And also, uh, like, you know, so we're used to the, the, the trope, the comedy trope, like, hey, folks, have you ever noticed this? Like, have you ever had this experience, you know, this resonant thing? Like, I'm going to I'm going to point out something about a thing that we all experience that maybe you haven't looked at it this way. Like, and so you're doing that wonderfully, perfectly, except I have not had the re the relevant resonant <laughs> experience of eating, leaning against a dumpster. So I'm like, I can only, <laughs> well, you're not I missing can, much. I can only imagine what, right. what it's like to eat sitting up against the dumpster. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's the times we live in. It's, it's uh, grim. Um, I mean, I, I, can I tell you, uh, one thing that I'm grateful for, like, I mean, leaving the house offers just its own, like, I mean, I've gotten used to like leaving the house now to go to the grocery store, you know, right. like to the, maybe I go once a week now for, for the, in the beginning, it was like maybe every couple weeks. Like, I, I think I was legit 
my my our grocery bill used to be you know like at the Park Slope co Food Co-op near where we live. I I just uh, you know the the prices are pretty good and we get the stuff that we want. And it was like I don't know, like spend like a hundred bucks at a time for maybe a week or something for my girlfriend and me. Yeah. And like that's good. And we were also eating out sometimes. Like that wasn't everything. But then when we started like you know everything stopped and we're like okay. I'm going to go to the co-op and it was like, you know, going on like, like, you know, Mount, uh, Mount Everest hike, you know, just like planning <laughs> yeah. everything yeah. that you have to do, like having Oxygen a much tank. more detailed list, like al aligned with like the map of the store, be like, okay, go right. in here and this, and like, they're doing a good job, like only letting like 35 people in the store at a time. And like, there was a line, like sometimes the line to get in was like three hours long. Mm -hmm. And so I legit, like the first time I went, I think I spent over $400 for, you know, and again, yes. this ended up being like you know in the long term i'm spending way less money uh, right than eating out even just a couple times a week uh but now i'm like okay now i'm familiar i'm familiar with the grocery store it's sort of like in the uh you know the princess bride yeah uh where the, the scene in like the forest where like the uh, the princess uh she, she gets there's like a, a burst of flame like a little mini volcano and her dress catches fire and the guy like helps put it out he's like, okay okay we got that one and then she falls into a bunch of quicksand and then he pulls her out of that and he's like okay well now we know everything that can happen here <laughs> of dealing with the quicksand when it happens or the <laughs> volcano when it happens you don't have to be on alert like i'm still on alert but it, right. I feel like a lot of people, as as we move forward, it's not like it's getting safer specifically. Like if you, depending where you live and what the circumstances are, it's not only safer because you're used to it. So like, right. it's still important to when I go there, be like they're like only four people per aisle at once, you know. And mm. so so now I'm like that my comfort zone has expanded to be like, well, I get, I don't get the same anxiety just going to the grocery store anymore, but oh, now a bigger thing, now a newer thing, now, right. now this, now that. Um, and so I'm grateful that here, we just moved down to the first floor of our building uh, in October. And then my girlfriend broke her ankle in December and we're like, perfect. Good thing yeah. we moved to the first floor. If you're gonna it's break kismet. your ankle, you wanna be on the first floor. Of course. And then if you wanna have a pandemic, you want we're in an apartment that has outdoor access in the back that is only ours. Oh, that's great. So I now, it's now like I can, I mean, it's not only like I can go outside, but I can, <laughs> like I can go outside without leaving home. Uh, <laughs> and so, yeah, so I, I, that is a thing that now, like also, I wonder how it'll be like coming into the winter when I probably won't go outside right. uh, as as enjoyably uh, like to have like, it's like a whole separate room of our house. But uh, so there's, I mean, but right now, right now I'm okay. I'm happy to be here talking to you. Uh, and it's, uh, it's, I'm very, I, there's a lot of, I'm very fortunate in many yes. ways. And also, you know, it's like you stub your toe, it hurts. Uh, but if you've never broken your leg, uh, you don't know how bad it hurts to break your leg. But you wow. know, you're like, ow, my toe. Ah. Like, you know, it doesn't mean that if you're if you're in pain from a stubbed toe that you don't know. But I've never broken my tibia and fibula like my girlfriend has. And mm. so if while she was under the the influence of uh, that experience, I was like, oh, my toe, it's so bad, <laughs> you know. Uh, so I'm I'm aware, and it's not to say that you can you know logic away your anxious feelings all mm. of the time, but it is you know I'm certainly when there when there are moments of gratitude or opportunities for it, I like taking them. Wow, Mike, that is and that good toe advice. 
That toe thing couldn't have been more great advice. Oh, thanks. Because this whole time I was freaking out about the microphone. I was like, Mike hates me. Andrew's going to quit. And and then I'll, and then I listened to the story and I'm like, okay, this is, he's talking about a global pandemic. I can fix my microphone. Yeah. What do you, yeah. what do you Well, now it's like too loud, the, Steven. Yeah. Tom. Oh God. <laughs> I it think sounds like you're, yeah. you're yelling. Like, I like it a lot. <laughs> oh, for the love it sounds of like God. an animal. Uh, I'd like to just uh, go back a couple seconds, uh, insert a bit. Uh, I don't know if Please. you can keep it all in just like this, but if you want to fix it in post. Uh, but uh, okay, so Steve, uh, <laughs> yeah, uh, you were saying, um, no, here's the, here's the, what are the top, what do you think like the top 10 things to go wrong in 2020 were? Well, I know uh, <laughs> there's like certainly systemic racism is way up there. Uh, I also would say, yeah, the, the global pandemic. And mm-hmm. I guess coming in, at number three is <laughs> Steve's microphone crackle once in a while. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, that, that certainly tops the um, 2019 problems, which were the Game of Thrones finale. Ha. And that, that's all I have. For, uh, well, do you mind, Mike, if we uh, get the input from our therapist about your whole thing? Oh, I mean, also, if I understand you, do you, when you have a guest, do you not share what made you anxious this week as well? well? We, we take turns. We, okay. uh, we, oh. we get, you get analyzed and then we, we'll, we'll go. Oh, I, I get it. Oh, yeah. I'm, I'm happy to hear. I consent to. Uh, <laughs> okay, great. We'll, we'll mail you the HIPAA form. Yeah. I mean, uh, I think that, I think that probably as a, as a practicing psychiatrist, psychologist, or otherwise therapist, doctor, nurse, or whatever, uh, <laughs> I feel like it's probably that they don't, they're not, I don't know if they're not allowed to, they'll just go up to people on the street and be like, you know what your problem is? Uh, <laughs> well, they are if they are, live in my neighborhood, because that's what my neighbors do to me. For sure, but I, I, I am happy to be here. I understand how this works, and I welcome anything that uh, this doctor slash nurse, most doctors aren't also a nurse. So this is pretty exciting. Yeah. Uh, double whammy. My, my grandmother was a nurse as well. So I'm, I, nurses are beloved to me and only me. Nobody else likes nurses. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Dr. Deb, are you there? Yes, I am. I just want to thank Mike for that acknowledgement. Of <laughs> <laughs> Mike's buttering you up so you get it. He gets a good diagnosis. Yeah. That, can I, but, can well, I, nurses oh, are really, uh, <laughs> absolutely saving lives uh, today oh yes yes um yeah they're at the front lines and they're relentless i'm sorry mike what were you saying oh for sure i was just gonna say uh the very first time that i ever chose to go to therapy myself was in college and i really want this was the goal that i had for therapy (laughs) at the time which was not i don't think that this is the most practical way to go about things but i'm and i'm in a different place now but i wanted to go in and tell the therapist, like, here's all of my, all the things about me, all the history of my life and experiences, and here's how I feel right now. And I wanted them to take that all in and be like, well, that sounds about right. And like, you <laughs> That's what we all want. Yeah. We all want yeah. that. I just want a passing grade from the therapist. But, uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, I, don't, I don't care if there's anything I can do to learn or grow or introspect or reflect anymore. Like, I just, all I want is a pass. Uh, so that is how I used to be. Now I'm, I'm sincerely, uh, I'm open to whatever uh, legitimate information or ideas this doctor nurse has to offer. All wow. right, Dr. Deb, the, well, the gauntlet's uh, on you. Uh, with that, uh, Mike, you mentioned that um, you wouldn't be diagnosed with depression if you were grieving. And the, the same goes for anxiety, right? We, grief uh, can express itself with 
anxiety symptoms as mm. well. Mm -hmm. And we talked about uh, our ancestors a while ago, how we evolved these cognitive processes that can uh, problem solve. Mm -hmm. um, so what you explained was uh, dealing with this fear of the virus, right? The fear, I can't let my girlfriend get it. I don't want to get it. I don't want my mother to get it. So you, you've got this problem-solving ability to take care of those, that, that fear. You, you've addressed that fear with ways to manage it. Um, so you've, you know, lowered the, the level of anxiety or fearfulness just by uh, taking care of it. But, and I wanted to say that uh, this grief uh, that can be misdiagnosed as anxiety, that this pandemic, we're all experiencing grief uh, for, and it doesn't have to be related to death. Your, your mom expressed uh, and you expressed the grief of not being able to celebrate together, yeah. not being able to share food together. And these celebrations are really important to our sense of well-being, but also our sense of love and expression of love and sharing, uh, being close with our family members. And so this pandemic is causing each of us to grieve these events that are special. The, the, the kids don't get to graduate in front of a big, huge audience or their friends. Relatives can't come in. Uh, we can't visit our elders in the hospital or the nursing home. Um, yeah, and, and we, we lose people without making contact. Uh, so there are multiple losses uh, that we're grieving. And I, so I, I just wanted to mention that. I don't think we can minimize that. So the social gathering uh, with your mom and, and celebration is a, a significant loss. So some of these symptoms of anxiety are, are, are symptoms of grief that we're all experiencing. And we can't even go to the grocery store as a fun, um, you know, fun trip. Sometimes couples go to the grocery store for fun. It gets us out. And, and uh, so well, now it's, a, now it's fun loss. for me because that's <laughs> the only thing I can do. Right. Yeah. So uh, the other thing is that um, this uh, pandemic, we could uh, catastrophize, you know, with going with all the what ifs, which fuels anxiety. Uh, but you've taken to, okay, I, I'm going to trust my plan. You've been making a plan that you can actively engage in. And that's really important and you are being self-reliant and have a, a list of chores to protect yourself and your girlfriend. So uh, that also helps to reduce the anxiety. To, to have a plan? Wow. Yes, to, to use these problem-solving abilities we have to, like we said last week, to quiet that lizard brain, <laughs> that amygdala from saying- well, Mike wasn't here oh last my God, week. <laughs> Yeah, I get uh, it. Oh, you know what the lizard brain is, Mike? I know it's, all about the amygdala. Oh, great. Okay, cool. Yeah, it's the. All right, just uh, get that clear. Yeah, it's the Thank primitive you. part that we uh, were initially came out of the river with, <laughs> as, as we were slug people at one time. Sorry, uh, Doctor Deb, go ahead. No, that that's about it. So we can hear from you guys. Unless Mike has any comments. Can I add one more thing that yes, Mike. was valuable for me, like with uh, getting ready to 
see my mom. Like it, I think initially, you know, we were like, she was like, I want to see you, but I know that I can't, I understand. And then I like, I did start going to like outdoor comedy shows, just like in the park, 10 minute walk from my house, which mm. at first was like, you know, it's everybody's spread out. Everybody's wearing masks. Mm. It's outdoors. It's wide open. It's like as safe as it can be. Right. Uh, and so I told my mom that and she's like, oh, then you could come see me at a restaurant. And I'm like, it's oh. maybe. And so that started the, the conversation in which I was, I expressed my, you know, my plan, my comfort level for like, mm-hmm. a, cause I want to do it. I think, you know, you can't live a life without risk at all. Like mm-hmm. life, right. I mean, it's, go, it's going to, we will all die. Uh, probably, <laughs> I don't know. Uh, that's what I hear. Uh, I think Let's everyone, something. everyone who lived has died except for people who are still alive. But um, <laughs> I'm not positive. I mean, there's a, there's that Jesus guy. And there's also, I've been reading some Buddhist stuff, but um, Lazarus. The, yeah, this, there is impermanence uh, and, and you know, to spend all of my time, like I think I'm actually, I, in some ways it's sort of like establishing a balance between being like too like rigid and rule-based and being like, I have to follow these guidelines because that will help keep me like living long, but then maybe not living like wide or deep or rich or full. Like, you know, I'll live a long life full of anxiety. Like there's <laughs> a thing from this, this Buddhist article that I was reading about the Lam Rim, uh, mm-hmm. which is like a, a list, a chronology of like the things to follow in Buddhism, like start here. And then this is all the, all the Buddhist teachings in order. Oh, wow. um, and one of the, a koan, that this guy said was his favorite that I was reading. He said, uh, life uh, could end at any moment or death could come at any moment, relax. <laughs> and- That sums it up. It helps. Man. Uh, and so I remember, and it's a thing that really helped me with my mom was every conversation we had, like, you know, over the, maybe the week leading up to seeing her, deciding, uh, talking about where the food would come from. And right. I was like, my food, if I bring it, is going to come from my home. But like, then we started a new conversation. She was like, so did you check the menu of this place? And I was, and I talked to my girlfriend and she was like, didn't you, you told her that you want to bring your own food. Right. And I was like, I did, but then she's still excited about the other thing. And now I'm worried about upsetting my mom, even being like, please, I know that you want to feed me. I know you are my mother and you want to give me life. I'm like, spoiler alert. You already did. Great news. (laughs) Uh, and, and so, but it was helpful for me to, I think I wrote her an e- email and I just said, I, my comfort level is this. And so mm-hmm. if you want there f- to be food there, I'm going to bring my food. And then, you know, she, she loves me. She accepted it. She expressed, she wasn't upset about it. She's happy that I'm caring for myself. She's like, I want you to stay alive also. And while you're alive, I want you to be comfortable with the way that you're living, even if it has to mean, you know, doing a thing differently than I would choose. Wow, man, that's well, amazing. That, think, Dr. Deb is also a practicing Buddhist. <laughs> yeah, really? I, think, I think putting it in writing uh, is, it makes it tangible for your mom to see because when we're, we're talking in our relationships, uh, our concern for the person, uh, you said her concern for your safety, it, it kind of dominates the thought process. Uh, so to uh, be able to see in writing how you presented your thoughts was just more concrete for her to be accepting, you know. So we're all adjusting to these new normals. Um, that makes sense. We have new norms yeah. uh, that we have to adjust to. Um, yeah, I call them norms. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that sort of sounds like worms, like creepy crawly things. Oh, yeah. But, uh, yeah. That's the we other have some issue. new worms to deal with. <laughs> 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 uh, 
Yeah, my garden's out of control. <laughs> um, all right. Well, that was great, Mike. Do you Thank have you. anything else you want to go over while we have her here? Uh, no, I think that was it was really nice to uh, have have things reflected back. That uh, you know that I do feel like I am. I, I'm certainly not uh, inherently like more capable than anyone. Uh, at you know living my life compared to their life but it's nice to there it feels like i'm doing the things that i can in most of, in in some of these situations that are so challenging and and new and weird uh compared to everything else from the first you know decades of my life uh and so it's nice it feel it does feel <laughs> it does feel good as like the the per, like the the identity of like good student that I had as a child that, you know, still manifests itself in, in, I was like, I, now I, I was like, I, this is what I wanted for a therapist to say. And then this therapist <laughs> was like, this is what you, you're doing a good job <laughs> writing things down and expressing yourself and caring yeah. for your loved ones in the way that you can. I'm like, that does feel, you know, like I, I never, I don't, I don't need your validation, but I'm very grateful for your validation. <laughs> <laughs> it's always good to get a, you know, the verbal pat on the head. I, I like oh, that. Yeah. Uh, okay. Steven, do you have a, a quick one? Cause we're running out of time. I would say that my, the thing that made me anxious this week happened through this entire episode. <laughs> well, that so, also made me anxious. The, the, the double anxiety here, but I gotta be honest without, I don't know if he, if Mike, you even knew that you were, fixing my problem while discussing yours <laughs> everything you were saying i was just like yep i need to calm down and focus and then I'm, i go ahead i'm glad oh, it was uh, so helpful do you know i i forget what the exact quote of this is but it's something like uh sorrow shared is sorrow halved and oh. joy shared is joy doubled oh, oh wow. yeah it does so, it does feel better sharing the joy yeah, I mean, it's great to share joy. And then when there is sorrow or anxiety or, you know, whatever emotion isn't your favorite, like if you just sit with it alone, you don't even know that other people are experiencing similar things. You don't know that your friends or your loved ones would not want you to feel that way. And that right. if you shared it with them, they would be like, I understand or I hear you. And even just even vocalizing. I mean, one of the things that's so powerful about stand-up and just of of talking or talking to a therapist is like, the equivalent of even even like writing it down is good and also just expressing it like manifesting it vocally acoustically into the world it's like 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 the story my friend zach and i talk about uh rumple stilt skinning as a verb uh -huh. because like that story was about when you said the name of the villain the power of that villain went away and like, yes. the same is true of like you know i'm so and so and i'm an alcoholic like the first step is admitting acknowledging wow. and expressing the quote-unquote problem and that's like at least a step closer to solving it to especially if you're doing it you know in communion with other people who do care about you so you're a mike crackle anonymous and, uh, <laughs> and we've all been there and oh, uh i guess relating to that i i once saw you at the stand and i think you did it on tv where you had the bit where you, if you're in the bathroom and somebody knocks on the door it's it's always like and i think of your bit whenever that happens to me. Uh, so you, I, I, your, my anxiety of being in the bathroom and somebody knocking on the door, and I don't know what to say. And uh, but that that's halved by uh, our shared experience. Oh yeah, well thank you. That's very nice of you. Um, and we'll put that. I guess we'll put a link to that set in the comments. Yeah, we should. 
well, I, I would say I, I uh, worked with you sort of recently in the park. Yes. And uh, I, uh, I'm someone, I meditate and stuff for anxiety and all that. So dipping my toe into that kind of stuff. But watching your set all seemed like stream of consciousness. Like, yeah, we're in the park and this is what this is. And it was <laughs> totally calm and not like, because everyone is talking about how weird everything is. Yes. But you didn't make anything seem weird, which was, oh. I thought was very, like, it's like this is acceptance is what I noticed in your set. And it was very inspiring. Thank you. Yeah. It's the, uh, a joke that I've been thinking about working on is like how people are like that it is weird now the times are weird now but right. there's literally no time in my life that i ever if somebody was like things are weird now that i would be like what are you talking about now <laughs> like there's no there is no the normal time like you know deviation from the norm is the norm like mm. there's no such thing as like what a normal person having a normal person experience like other than you know we all have something that we share and like and right now in some ways we have more of a something like we have what the biggest thing in the world is something that you know billions of people are sharing in a way that it has not been actively like noticeably knowingly shared uh and so and i mean except the thing i don't know if this is like an official thing but uh definitionally but like anxiety where anxiety often arises for me and i think for others as well sometimes like and different per person but is a discrepancy between where we are and where we want to be or wish we were yes, or think absolutely. we should be like yes. even in this situation you know the microphone crackling you wish it weren't happening but it was happening and so <laughs> us all accepting it is the only thing that we could do. you know you strive to change it you strive to have a different microphone situation or right. with the pandemic we we wish that we could only control if anything our hardly even that our own actions thoughts ideas uh but absolutely so acceptance or even noticing like how can i accept this well i can at least accept that i have no idea how i'm going to accept it like that you can get as close to it as you possibly can and like i do think that comedy when i i have been mostly riffing on most of my shows like even if i'm doing a bit that i've like if i've written a set list i'm like oh look at look at this old thing that isn't <laughs> you know i can't just be like so i was at a business the other day i know yeah it feels so weird to right. say that to be like i was at meeting somebody for lunch even if you know the, i was at a restaurant <laughs> even the if you told the story about your your mom, it, it, people would be like, "Wow, you met your mom." Can I can I tell you? There's a book that my girlfriend introduced me to called "The Gift of Fear," uh, mm. and it's really good. And it one thing that it talks about is that, you know, human beings are some of the only I think the only animals that like don't just innately, inherently, automatically always respond to our fear instinct. Like if we're uncomfortable with a you know in a situation with a person we're like oh this is it's probably okay for some and maybe it is and we like our fear can go out of control but like an animal a deer if they're in fear a deer in fear is new <laughs> book i'm working on uh, a, if or in the like rear a, a gazelle if a gazelle senses a you know a predator they're not like huh i wonder if it's a predator out of the corner of my eye or if i'm just <laughs> seeing things and remembering when there was like it's either they're fine 
or they're <laughs> running. They're never thinking wow. about how they're in fear. But we sometimes are like, I fear, what do I fear? I fear this thing. And, but the truth is that if we have a moment to think about it, if we have the luxury of time and space to be like, what am I afraid of? This thing, this death or pain or sickness or like, you know, social disappointment or whatever yep. it is, a rejection, failure, what, whatever we're afraid of, it isn't happening in the moment. It's not fear that is being realized because if it were, we would be zooming away, you know? Wow. <laughs> Man. That's true. D that, was, that was incredible, Mike. D Dr. Deb, do you have any uh, um, follow-ups with that? Yeah, that's uh, what he's describing or our cognitive processes that he have evolved. And, and that's, uh, that's the reason why we can control our anxiety. We, we can, we can do something about it and, and feel more comfortable going on with our, our daily lives. But you also described being in the present moment, um, <clears throat> recognizing the situation, recognizing our feelings, being aware of it, and looking at our body to see how we're responding to that. Um, so we can process this, what's called mindfulness, and we don't have to be Buddhist uh, to practice that. Um, but helping ourselves be in the uh, present moment because you're right with anxiety we think about oh this happened before or this is going to happen you know people aren't going to like me so this all gets uh, tied up into that and we just have to bring ourselves back to to the moment absolutely um yeah the uh that it's all it's very funny like the more i i, I go to therapy and 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 read about anxiety it's the the cure to it is all buddhism yeah <laughs> like, <laughs> catholicism is very anxiety inducing you know you, you feel guilty about everything you do and you're nervous about the future consequences of everything that you, you do wrong and then buddhism is like well just enjoy what's going on now don't right don't worry about what's going to happen to you in eternity right which uh, Catholicism does. Because you know, even if I do something good, when I was a kid, I was like, well, I'll go to heaven now. <laughs> you do something bad, you're like, oh, I'm going to burn in hell for the rest of my life. So I think that really messed me up. <laughs> I mean, oh, yeah. Because <laughs> I went to Catholic school. Um, but yeah, the Buddhism is, is very... I, I've been reading more about it. I, and I got to check out the book you recommended, Mike. Oh, sure. Uh, you want to hear... Here's a, a Buddhist little story that I like that's sort of about heaven and hell. It's, Please. Uh, there's like a Buddhist monk seated in meditation by by a river, let's say. No, I, I'm telling the story. Yeah, it's by a river. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, and, uh, I'm, I'm picking it matters up. either way, but it's kind of nice to imagine a river. And uh, and this uh, large, aggressive, oafish, brutish samurai comes comes up to the the monk and is like, "Hey, I hear that you know things like about." heaven and hell can you you teach me you teach me now about heaven and hell <laughs> and then the monk looks up and says something like uh you teach you you oafish brutish aggressive samurai this isn't information for you to have and then the it as you might expect it angers the samurai mm -hmm. even more mm -hmm. and yeah they're not known uh, for their for their chillness no no i mean except for the uh like leonardo and M michelangelo and whatnot those uh, <laughs> yeah no i think yeah the word is is uh rad yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh so the the angry samurai raises his sword and uh and is about to like strike the the monk dead in anger and at that moment the monk points at him and says that's hell 
Uh. And then the 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 samurai like drops his sword and is like profoundly impacted by not only the message that he just received, which is what he requested, but mm-hmm. the fact that the monk literally risked his life to offer him that teaching, uh, that insight, that he immediately like drops to the to his knees and like starts bowing his head and offering like a prayer. He's like, thank you. And at that moment, the monk points at him and says, and that's heaven. Oh, wow. wow. Double and whammy so from the monks. Like, I mean, also the things that I've been reading about Buddhism is like, it's not a religion the same way that other like Catholic, like Catholicism or Christianities are religions. Like it's not dogmatic. It's about, they call it a science of the mind. Like it's, it's everything you do it, not because you're told to do it, but because they're like, if you want to try this and like meditation, like don't just do it because people say it's good, do it and see what it does to, to you, for you, with you. And then if, you like the effects that it has, then you're now like a scientist of yourself and be like, yes. oh yeah. And like the whole, the whole idea of Buddhism that I understand is that it's about how every single human being, every being alive, every conscious being wants to have more happiness and have less suffering and that all of our actions are governed by that, though sometimes misguidedly. True. Oh, yeah. God. Buddhism is a philosophy. They call it the way. Right, so it's the way to peace and happiness. And as a Catholic, you can practice uh, Buddhism, and many uh, Catholic leaders have done so. It's called contemplative prayer. Um, mm. But the idea is to be able to be in the present moment, uh, to not judge or not harbor uh, ill will. Uh, towards people yeah i like buddhism because you don't get like a medal for meditating you know for for eight years you know catholicism you had to get confirmed and baptized and all this and (laughs) all that and if you went to church five times you you got like a pin (laughs) and if you're a scientologist you have a theta (laughs) thing and pyramids and stuff but that's true for buddhism too there are different sects and it's uh, sex s-e-c-t uh, and it takes on different practices and you do this achieve, is a family show dr Doug. yeah you do achieve uh, you do achieve different rank and recognition uh it, and you have to study and you have to get approved by a teacher so it, it's it's more complex uh so the best thing is to say you want to practice mindfulness and have awareness and understand that you can feel peace and joy inside and you can find a way to extend that to others. Wow. Wow. Thank you, Dr. Deb. I didn't think uh, when this episode started, someone would describe sex to me. Uh, <laughs> and, that's the, and we're leaving on the one joke I got to tell. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Uh, Mike, thank you so much for being here. Uh, thank you so much, Mike. This was the most knowledgeable guest, like the most I learned from talking to a guest. So we really, I really appreciate it. This was so well, great. I can't take all the credit for it. I just, I, I probably talked more than all your other guests also. <laughs> so just by sheer volume, there's bound <laughs> to be statistically well, the, uh, some more nuggets in there. But We do uh, pay you by the word. <laughs> yeah. I, I appreciate it. I, I'm, I, you guys are 
nice. And thank you, Dr. Deb. Uh, it's such a, it's a warm environment for us to all do what we're doing, which is trying to figure it out. So uh, thank Absolutely. you for the opportunity. Yeah, well, thank, thank you, you, Mike. Yeah, thank you, Dr. Deb. And uh, thank you, uh, Mike and uh, Andrew. You any final thoughts? No, it, I thought it was a great episode. The, the, I mean, we'll talk. We'll talk about it all in the intro, Mike. We're, yeah. we're, we do an intro with me and Steven, and we'll we'll give all your credits. We're yes. gonna prep the audience for the horrible stress of of the beginning. Oh sure. Uh, and but, but uh, yeah, Mike, if you have anything you would like to plug right now, so they get a double dose, feel free. Oh. Sure, I'll, I'll, I'll add that uh, the joke that you referenced, uh, uh, Andrew, was about, about being in the bathroom is yes. actually the, essentially it's in one of like the opening track, I think, or in the first two tracks of my newest album that just came out, which is oh. called AKA. So uh, I, if you, you're, whoever's listening to this right now, you're already on the internet knowing how to do stuff. <laughs> so I bet you can find an album called AKA by me, Mike Kaplan. Uh, spelled the weird way that I do it, but uh, yeah, I mean, if you if you search for me everywhere, you'll you'll find my my podcasts and albums and such. But that was one specifically that I would name uh, as if you want to. I I think I have done it in a TV set as well, but it's not. I think it was as, on Conan. It was on Conan, but it, there's a better version of it on on the album, and there's also an animation of part of it. That oh, really? On my YouTube channel as well, Jim Two's comic friend, who also am an animator, animated some of it. So oh, yeah, nice. the, the, I think I would also recommend listening to the whole album, but you can, if you want to just do that track, that's fine. <laughs> oh, excellent, wow. Mike. That, uh, that it, I recommend everyone listening to the album because I know y you are like a joke smith. I, I, oh, it's you know, amazing. Yeah, you, you're the, Thanks, I saw that, that bathroom joke and, and your whole set evolve over, over time. So that's cool. Um, so our, our listeners are big fans of comedy, so they'll check that out. Oh, thank um, you. Okay. Steven, anything else? No, that's it. Thank you uh, again to, to Mike and Dr. Deb. And uh, stay tuned for the outro, everybody. Stay tuned. Goodbye, everybody. Bye. Thanks, Dr. Deb. Thank you. Cool. Thanks so much, y'all. Yeah, thanks, thank Mike. You, thanks Mike. so much, man. Thanks, yeah. for... thanks for rolling with everything. Oh. Yeah, thanks so much for that. Uh, I appreciate it. And uh, Steve, I'll see you on Saturday for your show. Yes. Yeah, yes. that's right. Great. Yeah. Awesome. I'll have Great. the link for you soon. Cool. Uh, as long as it's before Saturday uh, at Showtime, that'll be great. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Just give me the yeah. link anytime before it happens, and I think we'll be fine. <laughs> great. Okay, perfect. Fantastic. If you want to get it to me after, that's that's cool too. It's up to you. I'm, uh, <laughs> I'm chill. I'll roll with it. I'm like a samurai. Okay. Uh, well, talk right, to y'all. Yeah. Bye. Bye. See you, Mike. Bye. Oh. All right. All right. Uh, okay. What you... I guess I'll sign off too. I guess. Yeah. Yeah. I'm right. kind. I wish we guys. did more stuff about us, but. Whatever. I mean, you can catch up next time. Yeah. With fan, fans a little bit. And Steven, you did fine. Oh, thanks. That, don't worry. That's all we'll talk about next time. But, uh, yeah. It, it's not a reflection on you, Steven. It's a reflection on the equipment. That's all. And you yeah. Yeah. put your headphones on. You're really resilient. You came back in. So. Oh, thank you. That's true. I, I appreciate it. My heart starts beating really fast. Trembling. Yeah, me too. I'm gonna, I'm gonna die? Yeah.